This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll have a reality check with our old friend Peter Cohen from the loop at loopinsight.com. We'll hear from Dan Frakes at Macworld Magazine discussing all things Apple. And then Bob, Dr. McLevitis on personal technology this week on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com. There's a big story this week, which is not a new story, but it kind of sounds like one. And it started with a graphic artist, a regular Mac user, writes to me and says, if this is true, I'm not going to buy any more products from Apple. Good, don't, idiot. (laughs) It's a nice person. This person designed a logo for the Paracast. She's a wonderful lady. Let's be calm on her. Instead of being aggressive about her position... Let's try to understand what's going on. What happened and what didn't happen? What happened was that Apple filed a patent, like Apple does, you know, several times a month. Apple files hundreds of patents. Why? Because Apple doesn't want to get jacked by a, by a company that comes up with an idea that is similar to its own. So Apple files a lot of patents. The vast majority of Apple patents never make it beyond the patent stage. But Apple files them nonetheless because that's how patent law works in this country. It's defensive. You have an idea, you, it's defensive. You have an idea, you patent it. That's why Apple keeps a lot of patent attorneys on staff, and that's why all the ideas that Apple engineers come up with, Apple owns, you know, so it can protect its intellectual property. This is yet another one of those things. And the idea here is that if you have an iPhone and you are in a space, let's say a concert hall, for example, where video recording or still image picture taking is not permitted, there would be some array of of IR infrared transmitters that would prevent your phone from working at that particular point. So well, basically it senses the infrared signals. Right, exactly. It's like a remote control. Right. Now there is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that this is going to be productized. This is simply a patent, a patent that Apple has filed, like hundreds, if not thousands of other patents that Apple has filed that never see the light of a freaking day. You know what? I have mentioned this on a number of occasions. Where is the touchscreen iMac? There's a patent for that. <laughs> Where's Asteroid? Oh, you know, tell everybody about Asteroid. This is a good story. Asteroid was a product that um, Apple had filed a patent on a long time ago, and everybody claimed, not everybody, but some of the rumor sites claimed that a product announcement uh, based around this this concept, which was, um, if memory serves correctly, Gene, an audio interface of some type for musicians. A breakout uh, box, they call it in the industry. Yeah, basically, a breakout box was, was imminent and that it was coming. Well, it turned out to be a ruse. It was a red herring. Yeah, they filed a patent for this, but Apple never productized it, and really this was designed to flush out some people from within Apple that were leaking product news to the press. And it's Apple, a sting, folks. It was a sting. It was a sting on Apple's behalf. And, you know, Apple ended up 
getting rid of the folks who who were behind that. Uh, but what's more, Apple also uh, unsuccessfully, as it turned out, took to court you know some of the the websites that were reporting on this, and you know it turned into kind of a free speech thing, and you know First Amendment, and it caused a lot of discussion within the the Apple blogosphere about what the difference between a blogger and a journalist is, whether a blogger is entitled to the same kind of shield law uh, protection that a journalist is in terms of protecting sources and so on. Uh, it became a lot more than it was at the time. But the bottom line, and I'm not suggesting at all that this IR patent is in any way, shape, or form related to that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it made for some some great stuff for the Apple blogosphere to chew on for a few months, that's for sure. Back to this, though. Uh, this is simply, like I said, a patent that Apple has filed. It, there's no evidence to suggest whatsoever that this is going to make it into a product. And even if it did, it's certainly a hell of a long way off from implementation because it depends not only on technology changing in the phone, but it also depends on this technology existing outside of the phone, to wit, some kind of transmitter that would prevent the phone from recording in the first place. Now, one scenario I suggested, which makes a lot of sense, of course, you have companies who give out iPhones to their employees. They provide proprietary applications for their employees to use within the company. They have remote wipes, so if the employee gets fired or loses the phone, they clear the data. Now, consider this situation. They put such a device in their development labs. They don't want people taking pictures. So employees who go into those development labs, and certainly we assume they're allowed to do it, but they try to get a surreptitious photo or a movie, they can't. It's blocked. That's a legitimate effort by a company to protect their trade secrets. Now, the other scenario, of course, was concerts, where, of course, the concert promoters and the acts don't want people recording their concerts and selling them because they want to monetize it themselves. We understand how the commercial world works. That's another example where they might want to use this. But where it gets extreme, and again, we're being theoretical here, is that, say, police will stick infrared sensors in their cars to keep you from photographing them if they abuse a would-be prisoner. That's not going to happen. It's wacky. Yeah, it's wacky to even think about, but that's not stopping CommonDreams.org or Truthout um, or other websites that uh, are propagating this this Apple is evil meme from doing so because they see it as an abrogation of free speech rights. Well, you know, anybody who's, you know, ever had their copyright violated or been plagiarized or had other people's other people take credit for their artistic works will tell you that your right to free speech ends where my right to protect my IP begins. And that's Apple's whole point for this. You know, not in terms of giving government a backdoor to prevent you from recording a police arrest. Government already does that. It's illegal in my state. I live in the state of uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and it's actually illegal to, to record a, a police arrest without the, the police officer's direct consent. You know, so states, individual states and countries are going to do that, are going to mandate that you can't do that sort of stuff, regardless of what kind of freaking technology Apple develops or patents. Let's be realistic about this for a second. This is, you know, protecting record companies. This is this is not about what's happening in the streets of Tehran. And to conflate the two is insulting. Can they together. physically build infrared sensors so powerful that people from blocks and blocks and miles around would have the inability to shoot pictures? No. And you know, this is the <laughs> It's like the remote control on your damn TV. It goes what? 25-50 feet and maybe you have extenders in a concert hall. One of the most paranoid commenters on Common Dreams for, for this particular article remarks that you should unplug your Kinect 
uh, from your Xbox 360 because the CIA can spy on you using it. That's just tinfoil hat rubbish right there. Okay, that is they can't. <laughs> you know, it is absolute rubbish to, 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 to think that. And I know that there are people out there who are actually that paranoid and lunatic, and I feel bad for them, and I hope that they get medication, and I hope that they get the therapeutic assistance that they need because they're sick freaking people. We don't live in that world, folks. We don't. Well, at least here, at least here, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> we're dealing with Wackyville. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's the potential of something. And there could be, as I said, legitimate reasons to have such an invention that do not infringe on your personal freedoms. But the meme here is that Apple is the evil empire. It's a walled garden. You can't get out. You're under control. Apple grabs you by the neck or some other part of your anatomy and you're stuck. Hey, I'm a lotus eater. I don't mind. Lotuses taste pretty freaking good. <laughs> Well, at the same time, it's good to have a reality check here. Because if you go into... Look, Apple, nobody's forcing sure. you to buy an iPhone. Nobody's sure. forcing you to buy an iPhone. If you don't like it, go out and buy a Droid. Get a, get a dumb phone. You know, get, get, a, get a WebOS device or uh, buy something else. Nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying you have to... The state requires you to buy an iPhone. You will you know, buy the iPhone. iPhone and you will buy like the it. iPhone and you will like it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I just get so tired of this evil empire crap because Apple is the dominant paradigm now. So all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's the same kind of Mac Mac rubbish that we saw back in the 90s when Microsoft's star was ascending. Before you we know, ascend it, to too many stars here, we have other stars who tell us we got to take a break. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show, and you see he's an angry dude. And Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, so who is watching your home when you're not there? Help protect your home with a security system monitored by ADT. It's the leader in home security. Remember, ADT is the number one monitoring service in the country. It comes with world-famous ADT yard signs. The monitoring cost is just $1 a day. You probably pay more for coffee. This is the safety for your family and your possessions. You can save up to 20% on homeowner's insurance. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer. Call now and get $850 of equipment and activation free. Call 1-866-778-3127. Call 1-866-778-3127. And here's our fast disclaimer. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35 to $39 per month. Call for terms and conditions and license numbers. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. 
This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against as MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800-880. 9976. Call 800 880 9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night All Live, send it to News at TechNightOwl.com. That's News at TechNightOwl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at Forum.TechNightOwl.com. Get in on all the action. That's Forum.TechNightOwl.com. We're back with the one and only Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the loop at LoopInsight.com. And we start out with the proposition as to whether... A patent that Apple files, and this was filed 18 months ago, by the way, does that patent mean the product is going to happen? And if so, can you assume how that product will even be used in the real world? You don't know. You're guessing. You're making it up. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, to, to, to get back to what I was saying a, a few moments ago, the thing that irritates me the most about all of this is that the same kind of paranoid rumblings that we're hearing about Apple, you know, being the evil empire or having a walled garden is the same sort of crap we heard from Mac users back in the 90s about Microsoft. And it was no more true then than it is now. You know, the bottom line is that you have choice, that we live in a capitalist society and you decide with your pocketbook as to what kind of computer you're going to purchase. The government doesn't decide for you whether you're going to get a Mac, a, a Windows PC, a Linux box or something else. You make that decision as an informed consumer. So stop whining about it and make your damn decision. If you don't like the way that Apple does business, then don't do business with Apple. But quit quit acting like you're being put upon because Apple is making things the way that it wants to make them because there are a very large number of consumers out there who like their products. You know, here's one thing also which people express concern about. They say, well, Apple controls what they sell in their store. Well, I'll tell you what, go to Walmart and look at the selection and now go to the service center and say, well, you don't carry the TV set I want. You don't carry the cereal I want. This is a wall garden. I don't want it. And they'll tell you, well, we have the right to carry whatever products we want. And if you don't want them, well, you don't have to buy them. It, but the bottom line here is that, yeah, I mean, wall gardens exist. So what? You go to Target. You can't buy. I can't buy a pair of Arizona Jean Company pants at Target. Why? Because that's a brand that's sold by, by JCPenney. You know, I, I can get. I want to buy a Kenmore washing machine at Sam's Club. Yeah, at good Sears, luck with that. by the way. Right. Yeah. Good luck with that. Exactly. You know, you make decisions about what you're going to buy every day, and if you don't like it, you go you go somewhere else. Look, if if you don't like the way that Apple does business with the iPhone or with the Mac App Store or whatever else, don't do business with Apple. I couldn't care less. I really, at the end of the day, I couldn't care less. But stop whining about it. <laughs> well, they're still you know? whining, of course, about the walled garden. But then we look at the other side again, and we look at the malware prone. Google Android phones. And you have to think, well, maybe we have to install virus detection software on those things too? Yeah, maybe so. You know, I did that that would be a, a cruel joke um, on, on, you know, people who are getting these things. But, you know, whatever. So other than this non-existent Apple product, or at least it's vaporware now because we don't see it, amongst the other brouhaha's this week <laughs> and last week, the release of Final Cut Pro Ten. Now, once this was released, talk about screaming and yelling in the video editing community. Features are missing. Features don't work as they should. How can you do this to us? Our workflow is destroyed. What's going on here? Yeah, please don't ask me to defend Apple here because this is a pretty big screw up on their part. Sure. You know, uh, Final Cut Pro X um, is, is uh, or has been a very hotly anticipated release in the pro video community because Final Cut Pro 7, which is the version that precedes it, despite what the version numbers might suggest, um, is uh, used extensively uh, by professional video editors, film editors. It's it's a very important program uh, in the in the in the pro market um, niche market, though that may be. Um, so uh, when Apple took the wraps off of Final Cut Pro X um, a little bit earlier this year, a lot of people were very interested in it. And it was clear that Apple was going for, uh, and, and at the risk of, of using sort of an overused uh, marketing expression here, a real paradigm shift uh, for this application, the user interface for it, um, and the, the interface metaphor for, for using video uh, was 
really different um, than what uh, video editors had, had got, gotten accustomed with uh, for Final Cut Pro 10. What's more, the distribution system for Final Cut Pro 10 is very different than it is for Final Cut Pro 7. Final Cut Pro 7 is a physical pro- product that you buy in the store in a box. It's got discs and manuals in it and so on. Uh, Final Cut Pro 10 is something that's only available for download from uh, the Mac App Store. So you have to have Snow Leopard installed and you have to download it over the internet uh, in order to be able to use it. Now, having said that, it is available for a fraction of the price of Final Cut Pro 7. The previous uh, version was $999. This is $299.99. The, the previous version was $1,000 with the proviso that you were buying Final Cut Studio, which actually combined a lot of other apps you know, together. Uh, with it, uh, Final Cut Pro um, 10 is now available as a standalone application for, as you said, two ninety nine or three hundred dollars. So um, big, big shifts here. Now, fast forward, um, you know, basically five minutes after the software was made available for Mac App Store, and the screaming and the gnashing of teeth and the tearing of hair and the rending of clothes in the uh, the pro video community starts. It is unusable for many of them. And it's unusable for a number of reasons, not the least of which you can't import Final Cut Pro 7 projects. So if you have a Final Cut Pro 7 workflow, it stays... It stays, the project file stays in Final Cut Pro 7. The only way you could do it is to export it as a finished movie or something then bring it back into the new program. But that's useless for most video editors because they want to work with clips and individual media files. They don't want to work with a finished product. So not only that, but it's a 64-bit architecture. Now, this is great if you've got a a Mac with a honking amount of RAM. You've got Snow Leopard installed and you're running in 64-bit mode. It means that you can access a lot more memory uh, than you could uh, with Final Cut Pro 7, which is only 32-bit compatible. But that renders uh, plugins, plugins for... Um, uh, tape devices, plugins for cameras, plugins for audio or graphics effects incompatible unless they've been updated and many of them haven't. So the so, issue here is that in moving to the future, Apple chose to give up the past, but it causes a break, a serious break. Well, I think it's more fundamental than that, Gene. The criticism that I've heard from more than one developer is not that Final Cut Pro Ten, you know, that they don't have a clear upgrade path for Final Cut Pro Ten, but the Final Cut Pro Ten is unsuitable for them to begin with. There, some 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 pundits are referring to it as iMovie Pro, as opposed to Final Cut Pro Ten. So uh, they're they're taking issue with Apple sort of representing this as the next step in the evolution of Pro Video. Um, um, uh, Pro Video software from the company. Okay, now, you know, yeah, but I understand here, and I think I saw a statement from Randy Ubelos, the lead tech, the lead developer, and he's a guy, by the way, who invented Final Cut Pro and invented Adobe Premiere, and also is a lead tech for iMovie. So he knows wherever he speaks. He says here that in order to build a new architecture, for better or worse, they had to give up on things that architecturally, and I don't know the answer to this. It's impossible because of the differences in the program to import accurately a project from the previous version. There's a strict line of demarcation. They're two separate apps. Now, if that's what they had to do, I do think the decision to stop selling the previous version was wrong. They should have kept it in production, keep updating it with you know bug fixes, and keep it going to give a couple of years for people to transition to the new version if that's what they want. 
Yeah, that's a mistake. And we'll talk about more of this in a moment because it's a big issue with Apple. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Enser for HardcoreChristianity.com, the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. Visit HardcoreChristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Live in or visiting the Phoenix area? Come join us twice a week for our healing and deliverance services or attend our free monthly seminars. Check website for service hours and schedules. HardcoreChristianity.com Spring and summer bring out the best of nature, but blooming flowers, grass, and weeds emit pollen everywhere. Spring cleaning, molds, funguses, and pollens can cause severe allergic reactions. It's time to fight back. Get a blast of nature's most powerful natural remedy with Oreganol P73, the most powerful oil of oregano available anywhere. Oreganol P73 is an extract of hand-picked wild oregano grown in mineral-rich soils found only in the mountains of the Mediterranean. Experience this powerful 
powerful and effective spice you can't find anywhere else. It is so effective. Even the ancient Greeks used oregano for their health. And it's not just a mere spice. Oregano P73 is also available as gel caps and as a sea salt-based nasal spray. Use oregano P73 and stay healthy all summer long. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the loop at loopinsight.com. We're talking about Apple's release of Final Cut Pro 10 version 1.0. And whatever you regard as iMovie Pro, whatever, it is not, I guess, technically a real update to the previous version. It's a brand new product. So yeah. shouldn't they have done, like I suggest in the previous segment, put out the new product if that's what they want, and then say, okay, we will continue to support the old version until we are able to add back most of the features in the new version or until most of our user base has migrated. Has migrated. If they don't, they don't. I mean, even now, though, nothing stops you from using the old version. You're not forced to give up the old version because Apple has made it end of life. Well, Apple recently posted a FAQ or an FAQ outlining you know, some of the most commonly asked questions about Final Cut Pro 10. And one of the points that they underscore in that FAQ is that, is that Final Cut Pro 7 and Final Cut Pro 10, as you just alluded to, Gene, can work side by side on the same machine with no problem. And what's more, Final Cut Pro 7 will continue to work after Lion is released, um, which is due out this, this, this coming month. Yeah, I mean, companies or uh, individuals who have already invested in the Final Cut Pro 7 workflow and who already want to continue working with the Final Cut Pro 7 workflow are more than entitled to do that, but Apple has made it intentionally difficult, I think, um, to to keep working in Final Cut Pro 7. They're cutting Final Cut Pro 7 off at the knees. It's not available through retailers anymore. Apple has stopped selling it itself. Um, So if you can find a copy out there in the ether and you need it, great. But uh, from here on out, it's Final Cut Pro 10 or bust if, if, uh, if you want current support from Apple. Apple is not saying that or is, is saying that Final Cut Pro 7 will keep working, but um, clearly they've end-of-lifed that particular product. And that is really where the rub is. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, and you know, this isn't the first time they've done it. I was reading an interesting piece from um, a fellow named Ron Brinkman, and if the name sounds familiar, it's because uh, Brinkman was one of the guys uh, behind Shake, which was another pro video um, editing application, a compositing application that Apple um, had acquired a number of years ago. And Apple uh, supported Shake through a few iterations, but ultimately discontinued it. And the whole takeaway from uh, from Brinkman was, yeah, you know, here's the problem with being a professional um, investing in Apple technology. Apple will break your heart. From his analysis, and I think that his analysis, I, I think, you know, he certainly got um, some credibility here with, based on his own experience. Apple is certainly more interested than in just catering to a niche audience of a few thousand video um, editors. If they think that Final Cut Pro 10 has a chance to blow the market open for prosumer, 
um, or a new generation of consumer, I, I mean, of professional uh, video editors, they're going to do that, and they really don't give a crap about you know supporting their existing user base, and that may very well uh, cost them some credibility um, in the video editing community. But if they see an opportunity for to to, to get a piece of a much larger pie, they're going to go for it because at the end of the day, um, Apple is much more interested in being a consumer products company than they are in being a niche professional company. Except that Apple gains a lot of prestige. And also, Apple has to be sensitive to some degree because you don't expect lead developers to answer private emails from people about why a product is this, that, and the other thing. You don't expect to see that fact. You don't expect to see Apple with a detailed set of information about what happened and why. You don't expect to have their executives talk to David Pogue of the New York Times and explain why they did what they did. They are sensitive. It's obvious. I would say that Apple's on its heels right now with digital video editors, that they are definitely getting a lot more pushback than they were anticipating. And I've got to chalk that up to hubris. You know, I just think that Apple um, pridefully expected that, that Final Cut Pro 10 was, was going to be accepted by uh, a lot more people than it is and, and just really underestimated the amount of blowback that they were going to get from the professional video editing community. In saying that, I do expect that they're going to double and triple their efforts to add back those missing features and to work with plugin developers to make sure their plugins are compatible because that's the other downside. Whatever they did with Final Cut Pro 10, when you make it a 64-bit app to take advantage of extra memory and performance, you're going to have plugins that don't work. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're expecting me to spend $300 on this app, you know, to work on my, let's say, $10,000 Mac uh, video system, but I've got a fifteen dollars or $20,000 video camera that doesn't work with it, you better believe that I'm expecting that it's, it's, it's going to start working with it pretty damn soon. And, uh, you and know, I get that I, impression. I get that impression from reading that fact that whether they were brain dead or not, or tone deaf, which I agree with you they were, other than the inability to import the projects from the previous version, it looks like most everything else they're going to try to restore very soon. I think that, I think that this is one of these cases where Apple's uh, infamous secrecy really kind of works against it because the problem here is, is that Apple is releasing a half-baked product. Apple certainly has a product that, that was solid enough for what Apple wanted to do to get out in the world. But because Apple is so secretive and so resistant – to letting the outside world know what they're doing, they simply weren't ready um, to let, and, and I don't mean ready in the sense of not having usable code. I'm saying not ready to open the kimono to um, the third-party companies that um, have built workflows and systems uh, that, that operate with Final Cut Pro. Um, in order to let them in and let them start working on this stuff. Because Apple hasn't released an API. They haven't released an application programming interface that lets developers near the XML or extensible markup language code that Final Cut Pro 10 produces, for example. So that means that any kind of edit decision list, a- any kind of uh, exchange format that is reliant on some kind of third-party support doesn't exist right now. Would Apple have been better, Peter, just for the sake of argument? to have withheld release for another three to six months, wait for the missing features to be added. It sounds like they rushed it out. Would anything have prevented them, because they're not making that much money from Final Cut Pro, to simply wait a few months, get all their ducks lined up, and then release it? Then if there are shortcomings, No, 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 Gene, I, I, I don't think that that's in Apple's DNA. I don't think, it, I don't think that the way that Apple is set up right now 
uh, they are fundamentally capable of doing that. I don't think three to six months would have made a difference unless, unless Apple's perspective on letting third parties in the door uh, prior to product release um, would have had any effect at all. It, well, they do I that just, with the operating system. I mean, if you're a Mac developer, it's been months since you've been getting Lion developer releases that allow you to make sure that your apps are compatible. Now, Apple allows developers for Lion to get a look at the pre-release versions. Okay? They can build their apps. They can make the changes. Now, in this particular instance here, Apple could have done the same thing if this market meant as much to put a load of resources into building a new version of Final Cut Pro. Why couldn't they contact or reach out to the video editors in the same way? Put them under non-disclosure and say... We'd like you to test it. We'd like to get your yeah. impact. Yeah, because this way non-disclosure we can build non- fixes. Yeah, because non-disclosure really works great for Mac uh, for 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 uh, for Apple developers. Look at all the people breaking non-disclosure left and right to leak the latest information about iOS five and Lion uh, to their readers. You know, Apple knows damn well that they can't trust people, and they wouldn't have released Lion in um, a, a beta state to developers unless they were ready. Um, uh, for developers to start hammering on it. My point is that uh, this sort of stuff doesn't happen with um, Apple's Pro Apps um, tools. It didn't happen with Aperture. It doesn't happen with their music software. They don't let people in the door before they're ready to get code out the door. Um, And, uh, you know, adapt or die is going to be their mantra uh, when it comes to third-party developers who are creating um, uh, products around this uh, this ecosystem here, you know, it's the same. It's 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 the same with those other products. So the issue here, of course, is does this situation, this brouhaha over Final Cut Pro 10, it gives Adobe room to gain more ascendancy to bring back Premiere, other applications, Avid systems, all that. How does it impact Apple? How does it hurt Apple? That's a very very big question, and we'll try to get more insights into that. And we got the person here to give it to us, Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and Loop Insights, the loop at loopinsights.com. We have more coming on the Tech Night Out Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Never buy home canning jar lids again. 
No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, are indefinitely reusable, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793, 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Local Army-Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military-issue supplies. They're right here online at MainMilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, Military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits. Magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches. First aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bail, and a huge Molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. Extend your life with Extend My name's John, and I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctors tried everything without much success. I heard about Extendivite from a friend and thought, why not give it a try? It's been three months now. My doctor's very pleased with how my blood pressure is finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. A reminder, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please write us. News at TechNightOwl.com. That's news and tech. That's news at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, we will read each and every message we get. Guaranteed, we'll try to answer most of them. We have one more segment with our friend Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com discussing Final Cut Pro 10, Apple's professional or not professional video editing app that some are saying, well, Apple went too far to make it cater to consumers at the expense of 
these 10,000 or so professional video editors. They were tone deaf in releasing it. So at this point, we have other companies who are going to step in and say, Apple screwed up, but we have a solution that works now. Yeah, I mean, one of the companies that stepped up to the plate here is Adobe with Premiere. It's really kind of interesting. My friend, colleague, and uh, friend of your show, too, Gene, uh, Jim Dalrymple, uh, wrote a piece that you can find at lubinsight.com talking about this. Um, you know, Apple or Adobe is is welcoming Final Cut Pro users with, with open arms to switch to, uh, to Premiere Pro, which is uh, their uh, digital video editing app. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that Adobe is, is quick on the draw here. I think if Avid knows what's good for it, it's going to smarten up, too, um, and, and start uh, encouraging people to take a closer look at, uh, at what they've been doing. You know, all that is well and good, but it also means that Apple um, is in damage control mode right now, and Am- Apple is going to do uh, the best that it can uh, to try to fix this stuff. And it's also worth pointing out, uh, just as I did at the top of our show when I was talking about how you don't have to buy Apple products, a lot of digital video editing you know, isn't done on Macs at all. It's done on PCs. Uh, you know, Some of the stuff is really kind of an esoteric complaint. One of the pro- points that Brinkman makes, and I think that it's uh, Brinkman who made Shake, uh, the, the software that I was talking about in our last sure. segment, it makes, and, and I think it's really worth underscoring here, is that the actual, although we're hearing a lot of noise, there's an echo chamber, of course, in the Internet from all the noise that we're hearing from video editors who are being negatively affected by the release of Final Cut Pro 10. Brinkman, for his part, doesn't think that that is a, an objectively large number of users. He suspects it's around... 10,000 users altogether. And Gene, you're absolutely right in saying that there's a prestige involved in here. Because of those 10,000 users, we're talking about people who are very well placed in New York, Los Angeles, Tokyo. We're talking about the people who work for the major TV networks, cable networks, the motion picture industry. Well, that's that's my whole point, Gene. But the point is, what percentage of that group, you know, are actually complaining about this new version of the app? You know, we're talking about 10,000 users or so, according to Brinkman's estimation, that may be displaced by this. How many are we actually hearing from on the internet? That is completely unclear to me. Whether we're hearing from, uh, you know, a few dozen or a few hundred, that's tough to say. But what I can tell you is that Objectively, 10,000 is a small number of people when you're talking about a company that measures its product sales in the millions. You know, so if Apple suspects that Final Cut Pro 10 has got a broad appeal to a lot more users than 10,000, Apple's going to go after that nut. So the key here is that Apple is trying to have it both ways. They're trying to keep their foot in that door and hoping not to piss off too many people doing it, but still gain a larger number of people who couldn't afford a Final Cut Pro. They couldn't afford 1000 but $300. That's okay. You have a budding filmmaker. You have somebody going to film school. You have somebody who just wants to do something in a little video editing shop. They take wedding photos and stuff, and they can't afford the expensive gear. This is good for them. Prosumers, people trying to learn their skills, that kind of thing. Apple's trying to put their feet in both doors doing this. At the same time, as you say about the noise machine, you know, 50, 100 people could make it into a major national story. Conan O'Brien ragging on Final Cut Pro 10 on his TV show makes it a major story. Yeah, exactly, because he, he's hearing from guys in the edit booth about it. You know, so it, it becomes something of topical interest to him. It's, it's, it's that sort of thing. I mean, you know, it, it is, as you pointed out, a prestige product because it's being used in major media centers. It's being used in Hollywood. 
you know, Apple has a vested interest in keeping some of these people happy because they're important users of its product, and 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 I don't think that they want to see that market go away, and I don't think that they will. I think that this is an evolving situation, and it will change. Well, as I said, I expect they're going to rush those releases as fast as they can. They're going to work and reach out to the third-party developers to work as fast as they can to build their stuff so Apple isn't caught flat-footed here. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, Apple does stuff like this. Apple does stuff like this, where they release things and then have to answer questions later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Apple um, has... It's it's actually I have to say it's one of my pet peeves with Apple in that uh, many of the decisions that they make seem to be marketing led engineering decisions and I don't think that Final Cut Pro X's release is any different. They basically should have anticipated the fallout but didn't. Oh, this I'm is sure the same that they thing. Did. Like I'm, I'm sure back. that they I'm sure that they did anticipate sure. the fallout, Gene. I just don't think that they cared. Maybe they thought they could deal with it better by just not saying something, but obviously they did say something, so they became sensitive to it. I think it goes back to some of the brain-dead or tone-deaf things they did with regard to the so-called antenna gate problem, where first, you know, people start complaining, well, we lose signal if we hold our phone tightly in one way, and Steve Jobs says flippantly, hold it differently. Yeah. yeah That's brain-dead. He shouldn't have done that. Apple's no. saying, well, gee... Our algorithm for measuring signal strength was wrong. That's the problem. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was a problem, but not the problem. Right. The problem in that case is AT&T and its stinky network. <laughs> we can go into that long time. I just got a letter a few weeks ago from AT&T saying they're going to build out 100 more towers in this area. So reception will improve, I hope. Yay, and so will brain cancer. No, just kidding. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm afraid to hold my iPhone near my ear now. You know, got to be hands-free. Yeah, I just keep it in my, po- my, my pocket near my jock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you keep one of those little headpieces, little Bluetooth headpieces, but they'll fry your ears, too. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, that's smart. Put a radio, uh, you know, if you're afraid of, 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 uh, uh, of RF emanating from your phone... Uh, put another RF transmitter next to your next to your ear. That's 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 smart too. I, I, you know, let's not even talk about you know the fact that there's absolutely no evidence of causality between the two, you know, between RF and brain cancer. But you know, well, what is this though? What is this thing that came out saying that extended cell phone use could cause problems? Well, you see, that's the problem. There is no there is no. There is no story that it is. All the World Health Organization said is that it might. And many uh, media outlets took that to say, well, you know, there could be. Might becomes could. Might becomes could becomes is. It's like you tell a story of 10 different people a joke. This is the old Steve Allen shtick, where on the Steve Allen show, this is many years ago. Of course, very few of you are old enough to remember he would tell a joke to somebody. You have 10 people from the audience standing there. That person, in turn, would tell the story to the next person. Ten generations later, there's no resemblance at all from the story that person tells to the one that was told originally. So that's how might becomes could becomes definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's and, and uh, go, going back to the story that started our... Uh, um, our discussion today, Gene, you know, how a uh, patent filed by Apple all of a sudden becomes Apple becoming Big Brother. 
Well, of course, because we want Apple to be Big Brother. We want Steve Jobs to be the owner of the reality distortion field. We want him to be someone up there who is the preacher, who preaches bad things like living in a walled garden, as opposed to the preacher from Google saying, okay, it's total freedom. Wait a minute, we're restricting those freedoms because we don't want too much change with the Android OS. And if your smartphone's hit by malware, well, you're on your own. It's open. It's open source, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we we want Apple to be the counterculture forever, but um, all of a sudden, you know, just like sort of uh, the counterculture becoming becoming, uh, 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 the the dominant paradigm uh, as it did when, you know, in the 90s when uh, all of a sudden – uh, you know, Bill Clinton uh, gets into the White House. It's the same sort of deal now. You know, we, we've been so accustomed to thinking of Apple as the counterculture. Um, a lot of people are having their trouble getting their heads around um, Apple being um, that dominant market force. They are um, the mainstream and they is us. Listen, Peter Cohen, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? Well, uh, you can read um, some of what I write on loopinsight.com, uh, where I write at The Loop. Uh, you can also listen to my podcast at angrymacbastards.com. And um, I also write a column called Gamification for ZDNet, ZDNet.com. So that pr- probably is the best place to find me. You can also find me on Twitter at Flarg, F as in Frank, L-A-R-G-H. I won't even ask him to define that. He did once, and we'll leave that as a a great secret. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Our friend Dan Frake, senior editor from Macworld, is joining us. So many things happening in the Apple universe. And there's this curious story that I read about the other day, and we mentioned it briefly in our discussions with Peter Cohen from The Loop, about this patent that Apple filed 18 months ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, it gives Apple a kill switch capability on the iPhone's cameras. What's that all about? Yeah, obviously I'm not a patent lawyer here, but... Um, and you don't from, play one on TV or radio. Right, right either. So, but, but, I mean, from what I've read about it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that Apple has a kill switch remotely where somebody, you know, Steve Jobs can sit in his office and say, okay, all cameras off. Uh, but it, well, of it, course, he turns them on it. automatically. He appears right. in a room, the cameras go on. Right, right. Okay. Now, as I understand it, it's... Um, 
that a venue or or other place can uh, can use a special infrared signal that disables the camera or prevents from taking pictures. And I mean, I guess I'd say two things on this. One is, you know, Apple files patents for thousands and thousands of things. And and I would say probably, you know, this is again, out of left field, I'd say 90, 95% of them never actually amount to anything. So, you know, we've got lots of people on the internet who spend their free time looking through patent applications to see if they can discover the next big thing. But the truth is that most of this stuff never amounts to anything. Uh, that being said, you know, well, maybe they can get a life, you know, I just yeah. can't think myself that people will spend all their time they will first, of course, look into the source code as much as they can of different applications to find hints and tips. They'll look over the log files and all the frameworks and things that Mac OS X is all about to find features or evidence, and this is true with the iOS, about future models, future model identifiers. So patent filing, they're going to check. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to happen. Um, you know, that said... You know, everyone's immediate reaction to this is, you know, big brother-ish. But I'm guessing that somewhere along the lines, somebody at Apple said, you know what? Our phones and any phones with cameras can, can't be used inside um, facilities with restricted access. Some businesses, health clubs, locker rooms, you know, there are places where you either can't take a phone with a, with a camera or um, you're dissuaded from using it. You're not and, supposed to go into a public shower with your camera, right, are you? Exactly, you know. Sure. And so I, I'm guessing that that's really, you know, getting it into places that don't allow cameras and and preventing things like you know people taking shot, uh, pictures in the sh- public showers, you know, th- that kind of thing. I'm guessing that's really where the inspiration to the, for this came from. Uh, it might know, also I, be on the request of an IT person or right, IT exactly. department. They say, look. We can't have people taking pictures in our test labs. Right. It's I mean, trade I, secrets. We can't have them shooting stuff off the computers. Sure. We can't yeah. have this. How can we disable these cameras? And the That's way just, to do that, it is you give out cameras specially tailored for the company. Yeah. Those cameras have proprietary kill switches, so they have the right to control that just as they can wipe the phone if they want to. Right. If you take the phone yeah. out of the company after you're fired, you know, you're fired kill switch on your phone it's disabled your ipad it's disabled yeah that that i think is the inspiration for this patent and um you know being able to get the iphone into lockheed martin or boeing or someplace that's you know a defense contractor with tens of thousands of employees that can't use that kind of thing on the campus i mean i i think that's the motivation behind this of course you see if there's a story if there's any meat in such a filing someone's going to seize on it and they're going to make a story out of it. By the way, where's that great touchscreen iMac with a swivel monitor? <laughs> you know, you've been using that lately, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, going to I'm replace sure the we... mythical mid-range Mac mini tower. Yeah, right, with the touchscreen interface. Sure, sure. Now, I, yeah, I think there'd be an interesting story to be made out there of the top, you know, 50 patents Apple has never used. You're volunteering here for the story. No, 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 no I'm going to call Jason Snell after we finish and say, listen, Dan Frakes just volunteered. He wants to write a story, the 50 top yeah. Apple patent filings that were never presented in a finished product. We mentioned, by the way, Asteroid, one of the Apple products that never happened that appears to have been used to entrap people who were leaking trade secrets from Apple. This is something that Peter and I discussed earlier. So you also wonder... If they don't just file a patent thinking, what's the press going to think about this one? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure that every once in a while, you know, the management committee's sitting there saying, "Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Let's give that to the press team." But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they there's so much that Apple does in terms of patents and trademarks and stuff like that that's never going to be that's never going to amount to anything. That um, you know, it's it, this stuff's going to happen and it's going to keep happening. We're, we're going to read about stuff that that's um, controversial and that never happens. Um, and then, you know, six months later, everybody has forgotten that it was ever even talked about. Yeah, you know, there'll be another story we'll have to talk about. Speaking of talking, there's a story this week, a rumor, we always have to talk about rumors, that Mac OS X Lion will be released on the 6th of July, which is this coming Wednesday, based on the date mm-hmm. that we're doing the show. Now, the only logic in this is that Apple allegedly is holding off release of new hardware, Possibly because they don't want to have to re-image those computers with a new operating system Mm -hmm. two weeks later. So, all right, we know that Apple is not going to release it on the 4th. The 6th is in keeping with Apple's Tuesday, Wednesday kind of release date. And even if they don't do it in the 6th, they've only got, you know, three and a half weeks to do it. So I guess that's as good as any. Well, that's assuming it's ready on the 6th. And from what I've heard from um, a number of people who've tested it, it's not quite ready for prime time yet, so I would be, I would be very surprised if um, if uh, it actually is released on the sixth. Well, of course, we don't know where Apple has gone. We don't know how far Apple has gone, but they got to be close. Well, I mean, if they're going to unless it's going to be July thirty second, right, right. I, yeah, I mean, I I've heard from number number of people who've said, yeah, I think we're looking at the end of July because that's as late as they can do and still make their make their stated uh, deadline, but. Uh, uh, I would be very surprised if it if it was on uh, July sixth. Okay, what is your opinion here about the Lion distribution mechanism? Let me relate this again to our listeners. Okay, Mac users, Intel based Mac has to be running Snow Leopard ten point six point seven or later. It's currently ten point six point eight. You go to the Mac App Store, you download the product. Now, yeah, you can copy that image to. Other Macs in your home, they have site licenses and special programs for educational institutions. Okay, so now we have a problem here. What if you never upgraded to Snow Leopard? You have to buy two upgrades. Yeah, that's the, that's the official line from Apple right now. Um, we, we've got some questions into them. We're asking them if this is a license requirement or a technical requirement, uh, meaning is this something that they're enforcing saying you don't have a license to use Lion unless you've previously purchased or had Snow Leopard, or is it that the way the installer works, it just won't install on anything before Snow Leopard? So we're, we're waiting to hear from that because uh, I have heard that, uh, that the, technical, the technical block is easy to get around. So let's put it that way. Uh, it, you will be able to, if you try hard enough, install Lion over Leopard. Um, so then the question becomes, is Apple okay with that, or are they going to crack down on that and say, no, you really, you don't have a license to use this unless you've bought Snow Leopard? Perfectly understandable. Perfectly understandable. Yeah. I, but, but, you know, taking a step back, this is a pretty revolutionary thing in terms of operating systems, right? The fact that you can get a major update, and this really is, you know, I heard a couple of my colleagues say this is the biggest update to Mac OS X yet, and... Um, I'm 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 kind of hedging on that, yes and no, but I, I see where they're coming from. It's 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 a substantial upgrade, um, and it's the first time that 
on a major platform that you can do that without going to the store and buying a, an installed DVD or a CD or ordering, you know, anything kind of physical media. You just type in your password, you know, your of your iTunes uh, ID and you know, a few hours later or a few days, depending on your internet connection, um, you've got the entire new OS and you can install it right then and there. You don't have to boot from a different disc or anything. I mean, it's a pretty revolutionary thing. And it's for most people, um, it is a, a simple and easy process that makes upgrading, you know, pretty painless. Uh, of course, there's, there are people who are, are, besides the people who haven't bought Snow Leopard yet, You've also got people who um, are on a slow internet connection. It's going to be We'll get into that in a moment. I think that's very important, and that's the other serious issue. So hang in there. There's a lot more to come on the show. Stick with us. Dan Frakes of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our 
Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Is your church, school, or organization desperately looking for new fundraising ideas? Tired of the same old candles or candy, taking orders, inventory, and low profits? Well, here's great news. 10X Fundraising guarantees 10 times traditional profits with zero hassle. For an amazing free bonus, free shipping, and an extra 10% off, enter GCN when you go to 10xfundraising.com. That's the number 10, the letter X, fundraising.com. Or call 800-480-8797. Visit 10X Fundraising for 10 times a profit today. Will you survive during the economic collapse or another deadly natural disaster? Your key to survival lies here at hardshoot.com. A former member of U.S. Special Operations knows what you'll need to survive in these hard times. Our online store arms you with extreme survival kits, self-feeding food reserves, and more. For a limited time with any purchase, you'll also receive a three-day survival kit absolutely free. Prepare now. The online store, www.hardshoot.com. www.hardshoot.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio that's technightall.com slash radio or check us out at iTunes we're back Dan Frakes at Macworld Magazine I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the Tech Night Owl Live talking about the distribution mechanism for Apple's next great operating system 2999 downloadable only 4 gigabytes or thereabouts Okay, so the other issue, as you mentioned, bandwidth challenged. About a quarter of the people in the United States of America do not have broadband, either because it's not available, it's not available in a way that makes much sense to buy, it's too expensive, it's satellite, or something like that. We're Mm -hmm. talking about more than 25% of the people in this country can't do it, plus people overseas. They don't have the high-speed connection how do they get a copy? Well, Apple, of course, will allow you to download a copy. I understand if you go to an Apple store. Sure. But what the Apple store is, you know, you're in the middle of Montana somewhere, and the Apple store is way, way, way far away. What do you do? What's Apple's answer to that? They have to have an answer if they want to sell this operating system, don't they? Or they yeah. don't care about yeah. people who are bandwidth challenged. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's worth noting that from the, the numbers I've seen, Mac users tend to have a higher, a higher rate of, of – m- m- a higher percentage of Mac users have – um, broadband than than of the population in general, but still, you're exactly right. There are going to be people who either have low bandwidth, you know, dial up, D, you know, slow DSL. That this is going to take forever to download. And don't forget, there are also ISPs who charge. You've got a, you've got a monthly cap, and if you go over that, they start charging you. So, um, and in some places, four gigabytes is well over that cap. So, uh, it's definitely it's not much of a 
privilege of being broadband capable and having what four gigabytes it's like right, i right. breathe it's four gigabytes you want to download a movie from apple it's what yeah. one and a half two gigabytes mm-hmm. but but i agree with you i think that you know apple's official position now and it's sort of not even official it's just come from managers at apple stores is come to the store and download it there or find a local library that has free internet access but i agree with you i think they're going to have to do something they're going to have to make it available somehow uh, to people who don't have the bandwidth and don't live close enough to an Apple store to be able to just drive. I mean, I know a lot of people who, even with hundreds of Apple stores in the U.S., live two hours away, three hours away, and they're not going to drive three hours just to pick up, just to download a copy of, of uh, Lion. So I got to think that at some point Apple's going to say, all right, we've got an update program. Send us you know, 35 bucks, and we'll send you a DVD. I was um, thinking that Apple would offer a special combo installer. And not twenty nine ninety nine. We assume it costs money to create a retail package of some sort and make those DVDs. A combo installer on DVD for thirty nine ninety nine. By combo, you mean Snow Leopard and? I'm saying Lion? if you have Tiger and right. you have an Intel-based Mac, perfectly capable of running Lion for whatever reason, you never went to Leopard or Snow Leopard, a combo installer doesn't matter. Sure. A combo installer... Thirty nine ninety nine. It figures it out. I'm sure Apple, even if they have to do a double install process, can make this work. Oh yeah, and and honestly, you wouldn't even need that because you know the Lion installer is a full installer. It doesn't keep stuff from Snow Leopard, so it's a clean uh, installer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does so without making you go back and re-import all your files and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, definitely, that's that's another way to do it. And the, and the other issue that you know a lot of uh, there's been a lot of concern is that people in IT in schools where you have to um, install this on multiple multiple machines, they're complaining a little bit about the App Store process. Although, it, you know, it should be noted that once you download a copy of Lion, the Lion installer, you can take that then and install it on any of your own Macs. And that's essentially what Apple is recommending to, say, a school with 300 computers, is that you get a license technically for every one, but you can, but you can, only do- you can download it just once and use that one to install on all the computers. So the fact is that, Unlike other apps bought from the App Store, the Lion installer doesn't have DRM, digital rights management. So you don't have to authorize on every computer. It's basically just a, as if you made a, a, an installer off of a disk you bought at the store. So in theory, then, you could make an installer DVD from that file. And, and, well, in fact, you can. And I'm wondering if Apple's going to make this easier because right now the installer is, is an application package, just like just like mail. So it looks just like an application double-click. But if you open up that package, there's actually a disk image inside of the Lion installer, and you can use that to burn a DVD if you want. Well, you can so, burn a DVD anyway, and when you double-click on it, you don't boot. It just launches the well, application. What's the difference? Well, the difference is that you can make a bootable DVD. Uh-huh. No, I understand that. Right. But I'm just saying is, if you didn't want to go through that, you wanted to make it fast and dirty... Sure. You grab a DVD, probably right. double layer because you need the extra size. You take a DVD, you copy it over. Yeah. You're done definitely. with yeah, it. Yeah, you can do it. Yep. So it's not quite as difficult as a lot of people were worried it was going to be for schools and institutions and, and businesses. I think the big issue is the one we were talking about, which is getting actually getting the installer to begin with. That's where it works. That's where it works. You think Apple maybe went a little too far in putting in iOS eye candy into Lion, or is that the way they had to go? <laughs> I'm really mixed on this. This is kind of an issue for me because I've always been a bit of a stickler for interface consistency and for, uh, I was a big fan of the human interface guidelines, you know, Apple's. But that's something they play lip service to. If you look at the interface guidelines, 
any time in Apple's history. You have this set of human interface guidelines, and you look at what Apple does. Yeah. And so they will obey them except when they don't. Right. And, and to address that, you know, I think there are some good things in Lion that, are, that come from iOS. Definitely. You know, the saved states for applications where whenever you quit and start an app, it, it remembers everything you were doing and it's right back where you started. Uh, the quick on and off, the uh, automatic saving of documents. And then they go beyond that, of course, with the autosave and being able to save versions of stuff automatically without any effort on your part. But there are a lot of things like that that are good inspirations from iOS. On the other hand, you know, you've got things like monochrome icons. You've got scroll bars that disappear if you aren't scrolling. You've got... Let me push back on that, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. On the iOS, you have disappearing scroll bars. You don't see them unless you touch something. They've grafted that onto Lion. I understand you can have them display full-time. You're not forced into that particular metaphor. The other problem is that you're used to right now, and it's kind of like the difference between front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. Okay, so rear-wheel drive pushes. So, for example... If you scroll down, the image goes up. The traditional Mac way. You know, you put the scroll bar down, the image moves up. It's rear wheel drive. But on the iOS, you push down, it goes down, which is front wheel drive. You get my sense now? Yeah, right. The, the scrolling by default in line is backwards. And, and again, just like the scroll bars, you can, you can switch back to the traditional thing. But yeah, it is backwards. And some people who've tried it say, oh, after you know, a few days, I got used to it. But it's it's still well. I'll just come out and say it. I think it's wrong because the difference is on an iOS device you're actually touching what you're moving right. You put your finger on the page and move it, and so it follows that the scrolling should follow your 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 finger. But because you want to move the page down, you want to move the right, page up. Right. But on a, but on a Mac, even on a Mac with you know our, Apple's argument is well, Magic Trackpad is just like a touchscreen. But the fact is is that you've got an extra layer of abstraction there. You're actually using a device to move a device on your desk to move something on your screen. When you add that in there, it, you're not moving exactly what's on the screen. You're moving something that moves it, right? So you're controlling a control lever, right, exactly. And so it's exactly opposite of what you would expect to happen. And and this is um, the way that graphical operating systems have been working for two and a half decades. We have right. Dan Frakes, who's been doing something for two and a half decades. I haven't figured out what. He's with Macworld Magazine. Seriously, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. 
For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Henser for HardcoreChristianity.com, the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. Visit HardcoreChristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Live in or visiting the Phoenix area? Come join us twice a week for our healing and deliverance services or attend our free monthly seminars. Check website for service hours and schedules. HardcoreChristianity.com The number one secret to having great health and long life is having high levels of glutathione. This master antioxidant is required by your body to stop free radicals, keep cells young, remove chemical and heavy metal toxins, support immunity, support liver functions, stop inflammation, and much more. The results of optimal levels of glutathione in your body are more mental and physical energy, stronger immune system, greater endurance, and more. Do you know the number one secret superfood that helps increase your glutathione levels by 64% or more? It's unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. This health food is amazing in its ability to do so much for virtually everyone. Introducing One World Whey, an industry-first unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. From Macworld Magazine, we have Dan Frakes. We're talking about Mac OS X line on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. Some people wonder why we talk about Apple so much, because Apple makes the news and these other companies really don't. Who's talking about Windows 8 after this alleged demonstration of Windows 8 a week before Apple holds its Worldwide Developers Conference? Who's talking about Windows 8? Windows what? But we're talking about Lion, because Lion's going to be Lion here any day now. Maybe they'll have James Earl Jones do the commercials. Is that, is that the rumor now? Is that the latest? I don't know. I just made it up. Oh, okay. 
Well, you, should, you, should start, you should start a rumor, Gene. I'm sure that well, I, it seems logical. He's the Lion King. Oh, I got it. I, see, I didn't catch that. I got it. I He's get it. the I Lion King. Right. I mean, it's not just being Darth Vader. He's a Lion King. He's a good guy. You know, remember he was a nice CIA head in the Tom Clancy novels. Right, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, clear and present danger and all that stuff. Anyway, but they killed him off, by right. the way, in the movie. Yeah. So that's where it goes. So what can you do? And by the way, Chris Pine, who plays Captain Kirk in the new Star Trek, is supposedly in line to play Jack Ryan in the latest reimagining of, you know, the Hunt for Red October and all that stuff. Let's get back to this kind of thing here. (laughs) Okay, so we have those interface changes. The other concern I have, of course, is having all these touch capabilities, more and more touch capabilities. And I think, you know, if you're used to it from the iPhone, the iPad, fine. But if you're used to a Mac... Do you even remember all the stuff you can do with your flicking and flowing and zapping and zooming? Yeah, it's you know it's interesting because they're really useful. I mean, once you've tried all these these new gestures that are coming with Lion, and and remember we've had a few of these for about two or three years now, simple gestures, two or three finger gestures in uh, in OS ten, but. Uh, they're kind of front and center with Lion, and you can do, there's more gestures, you can do more with them. There's four-finger gestures. I mean, they're really kind of going crazy in the gestures here. but Just not the wrong single-finger gesture when it crashes. Yeah. Sure, right, um, right. But this is a family radio show. I can't say that. <laughs> so they're, they're very useful. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Once you've tried it, you say, oh, this is really kind of cool. And, and there's third-party software, of course, that for a couple of years now has let you customize gestures to do more things. So, um, for example... I used to use um, a better touch tool with a trackpad on my laptop. And so if I wanted to close a page in Safari, I would just squeeze my fingers together and it would close the page. And, you know, those kind of things become second nature after a while. But the issue here for the desktop is that not everyone has a trackpad. Granted, you know, the majority of people buying Macs these days are buying laptops, so they've got them. But uh, if, like me, I'm an old school trackball user, I still use an old Kensington trackball. So what it means for me is that I've now got a magic trackpad next to my trackball that is essentially a gesture pad. Okay. And it works. It's easy for you to say. I, by the way, I don't use the Apple Magic Mouse because it's too low. It causes my wrist to ache. It's horrible, yeah. I use the MX Revolution from Logitech. Yep. It's an old-fashioned mouse, but it it fits perfectly in my hands. And I'll tell you, folks, I'm using the mouse all the time because I do post-production on the radio shows. So I'm moving things all around on two weekly radio shows, all the stuff I write. We're working on a new science fiction novel, the second one in the Attack of the Rockoid series with my son Grayson. And I'm holding it in my hand. I do not feel even the slightest vestige of an ache. And I've been using a mouse for, you know, 25, 26 years. But if I use Apple's Magic Mouse, give me a day and I'm shot. Oh, definitely. Same here. I, I, I have uh, the Logitech, same Logitech mouse. I use it with my laptop. It's a fantastic mouse. Apple's mice are just not ergonomic. There's no Even no when they had a mouse called ergonomic mouse, it wasn't ergonomic. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it, I think we're going to see a lot of people who, like you, don't like the Magic Mouse, but have some other point device that they really like, get a Magic Trackpad just so that they can use it for gestures and stuff. Because it really does make a huge difference on Lion. It's something I'll have to get used to when Lion mm-hmm. comes out. I don't know. I did try the Magic Trackpad briefly. I had it here for a month for review. And I said, you know what? I can't use this. And maybe it's because I'm so used to a desktop computer. Yes, I have a MacBook Pro. And yes, I'm pretty flexible in it. Over the years, I've become flexible in it. But 
I'd rather use a mouse. Sorry, folks. Oh, oh, so would I, definitely. I'm, I'm with you. But I think that's, that's what's telling about this is that for, for me, for example, I have been using a trackball and a mouse for, for the same reasons as you, ergonomic reasons, for forever. But yet I still was compelled to go and get a magic trackpad just to use gestures. So uh, I think that's a testament to how central gestures are to Lion and how much they change the experience. So uh, we're going to see a lot of, I think that Magic Trackpad is going to do really well. They'll sell more of them, certainly, because yeah. of this. They will craft more gestures into the touchpads on Apple's notebooks. We can see that. Now, if you're looking over Lion's features, a lot of good stuff there, though. Really a oh, lot of good yeah, stuff. Yeah. If we forget about, you know, the full screen seems nice. If you forget about the launch pad where you have all 10,000 of your apps on multiple pages. <laughs> yeah, That's just sure. really spectacular. I really can dig that. There are a lot of things there you like. I like the autosave. I like the fact that you have resume. I also like the new way of file sharing with AirDrop because try to explain to anybody in 2,000 words or less how to do file sharing on a Mac. It doesn't oh, yeah, matter whether it's right. now, yeah. it's 1970, I'm using file sharing, it's 2011, the process is basically the same. It's not that much different. And people are confused about what is this disk, where is this, what's that? AirDrop is supposed to make it seamless. Yeah, and it's interesting because AirDrop is, for the most part, it's a, a direct copy of, uh, of Drop Copy, an application that's been available for the Mac for about four or five years now. Uh, doesn't Apple always do that? Yeah, well, you know, and it, it was, I, I don't know what the relationship there is or if Apple, you know, borrowed or or officially uh, acquired any of that. But I'll say they borrowed it unless the guy's working for Apple. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's so, 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 so similar. You know, sometimes you say, well, Apple was inspired by this, but this one was, I mean, it's, so for those who've never used it, essentially what happens is other people on your network show up in the Finder as a, uh, in, in Apple's case, AirDrop, as you see their photo and you just drag a file onto their photo, they get a message saying, would you like to accept this file? And if they say yes, it's there. Uh, and it makes copying files on a local network really, really simple. AirDrop has the advantage that it actually will let you set up destinations remotely over the internet rather than just on your local network. So, so Gene, I could add you to my AirDrop destinations and I could send you files the same way. But AirDrop in Lion is limited to... Uh, to destinations on your local network. Just like file sharing. It's like file sharing. Exactly. But oddly, this is the odd thing to me, is that it's limited to Wi-Fi, which... Yeah. Yeah, and and Glenn Fleischman has confirmed this with Apple, that it it only works with people on your local network who are on Wi-Fi. It doesn't work over a hardwired network, which kind of boggles the mind to me, but... You have to consider also the speed differences. You have gigabit Ethernet... And you have Wi-Fi, even at the best, Wi-Fi is going to be a fraction of the speed. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still kind of waiting. Glenn was going to do a big expose on the, there's a technical reason behind it, but I don't know what it is. He's going to, going to write an article about that. So I'm kind of Keep them files small. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Keep the files very small, folks. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting a long time. You know, what are you going to do? Yep. But, uh, but it, I agree, though. It's a, very, it's a great feature for people, especially at home networks, um, that they just are trying to, uh, to to send a file between one computer and another. It makes it much easier. Uh, and there's a lot of, of cool features like that uh, in inline. You know, Mail has gotten some huge upgrades. Uh, they've gotten um, 
the 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 finder has gotten a lot of upgrades although again like i mentioned earlier that apple's decided that color is no longer important as an interface element uh, everything is going monochrome now but uh there's a lot of new stuff in the in the finder that's great too talk about minimalist yeah 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 i we had a discussion on twitter about this a couple of days ago and uh the only person i found who was who was excited about this was someone who was um had monochromacy which is a kind of color blindness where not only can you not uh, do not get understand which color is which, but you can't see differences in color at all. So uh, you at least for, see shades. No, you don't even see shades. Oh, geez. So oh, for, for, for him, it was, a, it's going to be an improvement because evidently, and uh, he didn't have this, have the uh, a link to it, but evidently there's some science out there that says for people with monochromacy, uh, different shades, you can't see them, but, it affects your the, the clarity or the way you see them. So okay, well, Apple is so, looking for accessibility. Maybe yes, that's it. Yeah. Dan Franks of MacWorld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health. And most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of most alkaline minerals available. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins and acid, helping you to regain your energy and health. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body to rid itself of acidic waste increases oxygen, and raises the pH of your body to optimal levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget... 
crossbreedholsters.com 235 years ago our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence to escape tyranny and oppression today there is a need to reinforce that declaration what can we do to protect our health as a nation and in our homes from those who wish to control the quality of our air and water to find out you need to visit airandaqua.com right now or call 612-767-2777 you will receive a free copy of our constitution a newsletter and bonus items Air and Aqua Com. Purify your life today. Extend your life with Hi, my name's Russ, and after my heart attack, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working, but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well, I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Dan Frakes at Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And we've been focusing on, first of all, Apple and this curious patent about the alleged iPhone kill switch, and later on about Mac OS X Lion. And I'm not lying, it's going to be here sometime in July. We've heard a rumor that it will happen July 6th, but like everything else with Apple, you don't know till it you know it. Apple seldom tells you in advance what's going to happen. So we kind of think, well, it's possible, or maybe they'll wait a week, or maybe they're not going to be staying home this weekend. Apple's Mac OS X development team will be doing the all-nighter, as you listeners hear the show, on the 4th of July weekend. What's going to happen is Apple... And the U.S. Senate will all be working hard. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath on a, on a, a budget deal or, or lying for July 6th. <laughs> You're not lying. <laughs> Let's talk about one other issue here before we let you go. And I guess the best way to frame this is this comment posted on my site, technightowl.com. In response to some comments I made about Final Cut Pro X or 10. Released by Apple, supposedly the upgrade to Final Cut Pro 7. It's $299.99 plus two modules, motion and compressor for $49.99 each. Much cheaper, a lot more power. But people are complaining. Our friend David Pogue over at the New York Times has had a couple of articles about it. And let me just read this comment, Dan. It says, I'm mystified that so many people are getting their togas in a tangle. I love that phraseology. When FCPX is only just out. Did the earlier copies of FCP spontaneously combust the moment the new version came out? Were workflows thrown into total disarray across the planet? Did the Hollywood sign come crashing down into the valley below? 
how many FCP users actually had to buy a new copy of the program that week. What do you think, Dan? I think, well, uh, let me, I'll, I'll phrase this in two ways. First of all, there was a great comment, uh, a great comic yesterday. It was a web comic. And then the first pane said, reaction to Final Cut Pro X. And I'm assuming it's X in this case and not 10. Uh, I, I think heard. it's 10, by the is, way. Is it really it just jumped to 10? Okay, I so, don't know. So F, uh, FCPX, uh, we'll just use all initials, said the reaction to FCPX among professionals. And then had a comic of, of one person saying, wow, look at all this stuff it's missing. And then the second person saying, I guess I'll just keep using 7 until we see how this, how this works out. And then the other one was reaction to Final Cut Pro 10X on the internet. And it says, oh, my God, the world's going to end, right? And I think that's a pretty good <laughs> summary of what's really going on is that most professionals right now are concerned, but they're not jumping ship to Avid tomorrow, right? Well, the argument, again, is if your current application works, who cares? I think Apple made one big mistake is they were tone deaf. They should have anticipated this would happen. They have to go yep. back to the history. When they made a new version of iMovie 08, and it was a new architecture, and it lost some features until they were restored, big outcry, Apple had to restore the previous version, iMovie HD. What Apple could have done, if they were thinking, and sometimes Apple does stupid things, they could have kept Final Cut Pro 7 available maybe put it in a maintenance mode so if there's a critical bug, they'll fix it, and then tell people, hey, this is the new version, does all this stuff, but you got to know that there are a few things it won't do and a few things it will do, but we have to bring plugins and other features compatible. I think that would have shut everyone up. What I've been saying is that what they should have done is, you know, because they also, at the same time they released the new version, they also killed Final Cut Pro Express. Exactly. And so I've said, you know, why didn't they just release this for, and say, this is Final Cut Pro X Express. Sure, or, but uh, why, if they're going to do this, though, and make it the one and only, keep them both in the line. Well, but, but, what but stops they, them from selling Final Cut Pro 7? But, well, because that was the second, earlier I said there's two issues here. The second one is that a lot of this outcry has been because people are are scared essentially because people who've built their living on Final Cut Pro uh, they see this and they remember what happened to iMovie and they say crap what's going to happen is this basically is Apple saying forget it we're, this is we're going for the sort of prosumer market now we're not going for the high end and so if they had released this as Final Cut Pro Express 10 whatever you want to call it and said, so this is our new version of Final Cut Express. You should know that this is also what we're going to base the next version of Final Cut Pro you know, on. And so start getting ready. Uh, or I even not. I don't think that would really simplify matters. I still think Apple could have released it with the provision that this is what it is, this is where we're going, and we're still going to sell and market the previous version so that you can continue to do your work just as you are now. You like that program, continue to use it. But we want you to migrate to this, and we will work over time to bring all the right. features you need. Yeah, and I mean, if they do that, make the transition less painful, I think it would be accepted. Okay, this is a new version, new architecture. It's like Mac OS X. For a while, Mac OS X and Mac OS 9 were still available together. Apple yeah, no, offered both versions yeah. because they were saying, look, it's a new architecture. It's going to be a while before we're able to give you all the features you want and the performance. 
Right. And anyway, you and I are, are essentially talking about variations on the same thing. Which of course, is, but it's fun yeah, that way. Right. Yeah. They get keep Final Cut Pro 7 around and say, it's going away, but we're keeping it here until we feel that Final Cut Pro X10, whatever, until it has all the features it needs to be a true pro solution. So you keep using seven, but know that this is the future and eventually it's good. Seven's going to be gone. Um, but we're not going to take it away. And, and the thing is, is that really that's not much different than what's actually happening. It's just that Apple has didn't say it right. I mean, cause that's really what's happening is Apple has now come out and said, this is the first version. These are all these big features we know are missing and we we're going to add, and we promise we're going to get to a point where most of that stuff is here. Uh, and in the meantime, you can continue using seven, you know, but, but they didn't say that, right? They, they didn't do what we're saying. They basically just said, seven is dead. Here's 10. Well, the thing is also they have to realize the mindset of people in the entertainment industry. Very sensitive people, very creative people, and they get really emotional. And I could see at least for a brief period of time until things settle down, and maybe the current information Apple has provided will help them. And that is, you see Adobe coming in and saying, okay, why don't you look at Premiere again? But if you think it's a big jump to go from Final Cut Pro 7 to Final Cut Pro 10, think of the jump of giving up all that and going to a totally different product. That's a bigger jump and a bigger expense. To some extent it is. I mean, at least the Adobe products are, are supporting some of the easy import and export stuff. But still, it, yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, you're changing, essentially changing platforms, right? And uh, I, I think that a lot of the people who whose first reaction was, you know, forget it, I'm switching to Adobe or Avid or whatever you want to say. Uh, I think a lot of them, once they get into it, are going to say, maybe I'm going to wait this out. Final Cut Pro 7 still works. I'm just going to keep using this and see how it shakes out. But, uh, but I, I am in complete agreement with you that Apple botched the whole intro thing. It was just, you know, that's the way Apple does it, but it, was, it, it didn't go over well. Well, you know, they've done this in some curious ways. We go back to the brouhaha over AntennaGate where Steve Jobs says, oh, if you're losing reception, just hold it differently. Very flippant, like they didn't think that this would happen. They didn't expect it. And here you have to think Apple's got to have the best public relations machine on the planet. I mean, think of the mystique about this company. It's built up about them. Everything Apple does, people speculate about. What they didn't do, they speculate about. What the patent filings are, they speculate about everything. Apple has this machine going. If they say nothing, people talk about them. How could they miss this? Who knows? Yeah, well, it's like you said, it's it's, it's similar to the whole iMovie iMovie fiasco and um they, they they I think sometimes they they lose sight of what it's like to be the actual person using the software on a day to day basis. And for something like Final Cut Pro, which is essentially a career building software, right? People their entire career is based on the work they've done in this package. And basically uh, their entire work day. Right. Except right. for maybe some auxiliary products they could spend their entire workday, just like people in offices may use Microsoft Word day and night, or Quark Express or InDesign from Adobe. They use Final Cut Pro. This is it. They come in the morning at 8 o'clock, whatever time. At 9 o'clock at night, it's still the same app, except for lunch and dinner. Right. Yeah, and, and Apple has this long view, and it's an admirable view for a company producing products. They've got a long view that says, we're going to get this out now. It's going to be a good package we're going to add to it and make it better over the long haul. And eventually, 
everyone will be the better for it because it'll do all these things that the old one couldn't do, plus all the stuff it needed to do. Dan Franks, we're just about out of time. Where do we find more of the things you do? Macworld.com. So simple. Yep. <laughs> Dan Frakes, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, the question arises with Bob Dr. McLevitis, is comedy supposed to be pretty? According to Steve Martin, comedy is not pretty. Okay, That's is that because of Ruth Buzzy? Remember <laughs> Ruth Buzzy from the original Laugh-In TV show, and she'd always hang out at the celebrity roasts back in the 70s? A roast, by the way in show business parlance is where a bunch of show business personalities get up and they kind of, you know, kibitz and they kind of, you know, say nasty, funny things about somebody, the subject of the roast. And then he gets (laughs) up or she gets up and they say nasty things about everybody else. But these days they have them on Comedy Central and they're completely obscene. Oh, yeah. But these are clean. I mean, you know, like they're still selling the old Dean Martin celebrity roasts on DVD and they're clean. I mean, you get up in there and it's clean. And, you know, and they can actually tell jokes to Frank Sinatra without him sending his boys after you. How long do you have to cook a, a Frank Sinatra roast? <laughs> I think we have don't that little... A, remember the cane dr- they used to use in vaudeville where if somebody tells a bad joke, you take the cane, you grab them by the neck, and you pull them off the stage? Right. Where's my cane? I think Dr. House has it. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> So basically, you have been, of course, you can't give us all the information because you have to kill us. But over the past couple of months, you have been immersed in the developer releases of Mac OS X Lion. But there are a lot of things you can't say because Apple's obviously publicized a lot of information about it. What kind of books are you writing about that? Well, I just finished um, Lion for Dummies. And I'm not Lion either. Oh, God. I used that joke. I already used that joke with Dan Frakes. He didn't like it either. The cane. My kingdom for the cane. Wait a minute. (laughs) Yes, it's the king of beasts. Well, you think here, and I was saying this also, if Apple's doing a lion commercial, of course, who does the voiceover? Uh, Mr. Ed. Oh, come on. (laughs) Who was the Lion King in the movies? James Earl Jones. Oh, yes, yes. But then you'll think that it's uh, Darth Vader. (laughs) I am your father. Ah! Oh, sorry. You know, the devil made me do that. Same voice. Same voice. 
Is it? All yes. right. Anyway, uh, well, seriously. let's talk about technology. Okay. Or something. I mean, it's we could talk about movies. But you know, movies. Ones. This is actually follows here because it appears the larger portion of the movie makers and TV studios use Apple's Final Cut Pro, which was developed by a guy named Randy Ubelos, who originally worked for Adobe and built Premiere. So Premiere is yesterday's technology, which he invented. Final Cut Pro is today's technology, which he invented, except there's a new Final Cut Pro, and people are freaking. We've been talking about it for previous two sessions, so we're not going to spend a lot of time. But the attitude, I think, may be the issue here. So Apple releases something new where features are gone. It doesn't import data from the old program, so they discontinue the old program. Yeah, I don't understand that because they've uh, they've published a note that says here are all the things that aren't in the new Final Cut, and and so you know obviously there are going to be a group of people who need the features that are missing, and those people are going to want to continue to use Final Cut Pro. Let's call it Final Cut Pro Seven because I think that's what it was called. FCP as opposed 7. to the yeah as opposed to the new one which is called. X. Or 10. Final Cut Pro or FCPX. Okay. FCPX. FCPX. That doesn't... That's not a very good acronym. Whatever. I mean, because what it sounds almost dirty. This is a family pro- radio show. I don't want to really get into that. But seriously. What happened to acronyms that were pronounceable? Like SCSI. <sighs> right. You know. Well, you have okay. Thunderbolt, which is not an acronym. No. It's nothing. It's a made-up name. That's right. Instead of LifePeak. <laughs> Another late well, made-up name. Yes. Okay. Now, this is an in-joke, except that Light Peak was the code name for Thunderbolt, the new high-speed peripheral port on the new Max. Okay. So, all right. So, we have Final Cut Pro, old and Final Cut Pro, the new. Yes. And I believe that the new Final Cut is designed in a way that it's, it's going to be usable on into the future taking advantage of all of the new technologies that are built into Mac OS X that uh, either weren't available or um, weren't mature yet. And I think the new Final Cut Pro is designed to make... I think they, they, they took a look at the way we've always edited, which is timeline-based. I mean, uh, every editor, every non-linear editor I've ever used is timeline-based. Explain it's that. It's just basically the passage of time, the number of minutes in the clip. Yeah, and, and what happens is you have multiple layers uh, that pass over the playhead, let's call it, and, and whatever is under the playhead is what you see on the screen at the time. And it's, um, I think Apple looked at the process of making movies and tried to take some of the things about the old Final Cut that were tedious and uh, bottlenecks to creativity and and fast production and and eliminate or reduce those and to do that they had to throw away that timeline metaphor and kind of go with a a little bit different approach now as i said i haven't got a copy yet all i know is what i've seen and what i've read and i've read a lot because i'm very interested i just haven't um haven't decided if i'm buying a copy or if apple's going to let me have one to review now, when you change the paradigm like that, the problem is it makes it almost impossible to import the stuff from older versions. 
Well, and that's the biggest, I think, issue is that you can't. And, and according to Apple, you'll never be able to. The basic architecture is so different that there's no way, no way to import it with its integrity. That being said, for a lot of people, once a project's done, it's done. And so, um, you know, for me, I'm, I wouldn't, that's not going to be a deal breaker for me if I can't open old projects. Because I've got old footage. If I ever needed to use something from an old project, I'd just reimport the footage and, and do it again. Um, but for some people, that's a deal breaker. They've got lots of stuff invested in um, Final Cut Pro 7 files and projects, and they reuse them, and they had hoped to continue reusing them. And I think that's a big problem because that's just not going to happen. It's one of those like, uh, do you remember when they took away the floppy disk? in the iMac and everybody was all up in arms about how crazy that was. Um, but it had to happen. And, and I think in the case of video editing in about a year or two, people will look back and say, well, it's a good thing Apple did this because now they're light years ahead of the other guys. So right now they'll say Apple, they're a bunch of idiots. They're brain dead. They're tone deaf. They shouldn't have done this. And then they'll figure it's better. Didn't that happen, though, with iMovie? iMovie was totally revised, and it was treacherous for people because all the features they depended on weren't there. So Apple kept the original version, iMovie HD, available for a while, for a couple of years while they fixed it up. Now you don't hear anybody talking about it. That's correct. <laughs> um, what happened was, I think, with iMovie, it took two years. Um, for it to to become the the iMovie everyone wanted it to be as opposed to the iMovie that came out two years before. And I think Apple did a great job of improving it and making it much more usable and fixing the features that weren't implemented well in the first place. And, you know, after two years and a lot of updates, I think iMovie is pretty usable now. And I think for a lot of people, it's a great paradigm for creating video. It's easy. Um, and again, that's not really timeline-based. It's kind of like a hybrid timeline. Thing. But isn't it also true here that people who are used to a certain workflow, when you say, this may be better, but you've got to give it a try and you've got to be open-minded about it, they look and say, no, I want to do it this way. Maybe it's less efficient. Maybe it takes me longer to do my work. But I know what the problems are. I know the advantages and shortcomings. Why should I have to learn something new? That's the argument. Well, and I think that Apple's answer to that is going to be, well, if you want to continue using a you know straight-ahead, uh, layer-based, timeline-based, nonlinear editing paradigm, you probably ought to buy an Avid system. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll go into more of this in a moment. Bob, Dr. McLevitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. You 
expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800 880 Call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. The man himself, Bob Dr. McElevitis. We're talking about the brouhaha over Apple's Final Cut Pro, comparing version 7 to version X or 10, which is a totally different app. It has the same name, but in every other respect, it's a different application. Ground up rewrite. They, uh, uh, you know, apparently they threw away the whole code base of the original, which I have to say, I don't know for sure, but it probably dated back to the very early days. I don't think it's Premiere, but what was it called when it was a Macromedia product? It never actually was released as a Macromedia product. But what was it called when it was? (sighs) That's where, that's how old the code is. You know, you, you have a lot of components in there. That just I don't think could be made any better in order for in order for this stuff to you know to do real time effects with multiple streams and and all in high definition. I think that Apple probably had to do some pretty serious under the hood tweaking so much so that that whole old metaphor wouldn't hold up. I don't know you know until I use it until I've played with it. I can't really say whether everybody should try it or not. By the and, way, the original version was called Key Grip. Key Grip. Okay, so he it was never hired. Came out, Randy Ubelos created the first three versions of Premiere. I'm taking this from Wikipedia, so I can say this and they won't sue me. Ubelos was hired by Macromedia, created Key Grip, and ultimately that product was sold to Apple. Apple changed it, made it Final Cut Pro. So we're talking about software here designed in the 1990s in the days of the classic mac os taking the transition from classic taking the transition to mac os 10 power pc based and then intel based so we're talking about really really old stuff here yes the code base went back a long way and i believe some of what apple's doing now uh, i'm really excited to, to work with this because the truth is the old, the older uh, paradigm, which is is really what everybody used uh, or uses. That's it's how Premiere looks. It's how Avid systems look. The whole timeline thing. I, I think what happened was when we first got these nonlinear editors, when we first started being able to edit a uh, video on our computers, the metaphor they used was very much like uh, compositing film. In other words, the different layers and everything moving across at the same time and being stacked up. Basically, you're uh, looking at what they did with physical film media. That's correct. And, but that's and also you, the same way we did desktop publishing. What we did is we abstracted the layout table, and we created that layout table on a computer screen, and it was Adobe PageMaker. That's correct. And then it became interactive, and then everybody could do it. But it the pretty, key being, was, of course, that all we did then was to try to make people easily adapt to the old ways of doing things. By making it familiar and using the old metaphors. But today, I think, we have to throw it all out and say, you know, these computers today have enough horsepower to do things we never thought possible and that were never conceived 
when video editing was in its infancy. You know, it's like they didn't think about things like compositing and green screen and, and motion tracking and, and all of the things that today we take for, for granted in, in video making. And all of a sudden, all of these things are, are not just possible, but possible on the $2,000 computer. And you know what Pretty makes impressive. the real freak out here is that Apple has basically cut, shaved big dollars off the price of their software. So we're talking about a pro video editing app. Forget about whether you think it's lacking features because Apple says, I guess, except for being able to import old projects, pretty much everything will be restored. Okay? Everything you could do with Final Cut Pro 7, 99% of those things you can do with Final Cut Pro 10, but it's going to take a couple of iterations and new plugins and stuff. Okay. So from $1,000, it goes to $299.99. You want all these little add-ons, motion, for some animation stuff, etc., and compressor, $49.99 each. So for $4.99, you got a complete suite of video editing apps. Nobody comes close. Operating systems, I think Microsoft has to be freaking out that Apple said Lion's going to be $29.99. They kind of hope they go back to $129 because Microsoft is making the money from charging two or $300 for Windows. What do they do? They offered for $29, and there's no physical media, so it's more profitable. I don't know. I mean, $29 for an operating system upgrade indicates to me that Apple really wants you to have Lion, and they want to make it, you know, they, they certainly want to take price out of the equation for an upgrade. So it's not $129 or $199, and that's great. The thing about only being able to download it from the App Store. right. We covered that in the last segment, the problem if you don't have high-speed internet, if you're not running Snow Leopard, all that stuff. Well, you can go to the, you can go to the Apple Store to download it, I hear. <laughs> sure, and except yeah, if the Apple Store is a day's Apple drive store. away, it may not be good. Yeah, but everybody, go out to the Apple Store and tell them that you heard on this podcast that they could come in, you could come in and download your copy of Lion. But don't do it until Lion comes out. <laughs> but then tell them Bob sent you. It's okay. Yeah, tell him Bob Levitas sent you. And the reason we want to do that is because this way Bob is blamed for it, not me. Don't say Gene Steinberg did it. I didn't tell you to do that. Although Apple will allow you to go in there and you just use their Wi-Fi connection, download <laughs> Lion, certainly going to saturate their connection. We're going to see how good those brand new Air Airport Extremes are, the new Airport Extreme they just released. How good is it? We're going to see when people are piling into that store trying to download Lion. No, how about... How good is their data center that they just built in North Carolina with, you know, 7 million square feet of servers? Will it hold up? You know, on the first day, you're going to have, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, it's a big download. I don't know how many meg gigabytes. Something like four. That's what I just said. I said it's going to put that to the test. We're we'll going to see, see how good it is. Just how and maybe next is. year they've got to build a new server farm because Apple has the money. You know, I was thinking also just parenthetically, you know, we were talking here, we've had discussions at TechNightOwl.com about the interfaces, the miserable interfaces in autos. You know, a lot of times they license stuff from Microsoft, like MyTouch for Ford, which is just a perfectly miserable operating system for cars. And people are complaining and Ford's ratings are going down. Anyway, thinking about having Apple license technology to cars, I know they were working with Volkswagen once. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, not too long ago, I was invited to uh, come out to a, an event put on by the Mini Cooper people, and they were very, very proud of their 
iPhone integration. They had an app uh, and they had a car kit that let you actually add on features to your car by way of iPhone apps. So that was pretty cool. Now, I understand something. Mini Cooper is basically BMW. Yes. All BMW did was buy the relics of this old Mini Cooper car from the 1970s, 1980s, whatever. They rebuilt it using BMW components. Yes. So it's a cheap BMW. It's a great great car. They build a great car. I've taken test drives in them. I think they're just fun. They're fun cars, fun fun. switches, not always the most user-friendly. We have to no. say that. Some of these dumb-looking switches make no sense to me. These big, these big buttons like an old movie in a laboratory with the big, thick buttons and everything. <laughs> We're talking to Bob Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Energy, energy, and more energy. We all need it. Get the energy you need quick through the powers of wild forest extract. Wild chagan birch bark are the secrets of the forest used exclusively by Russian athletes. Wild chaga is the world's top source of superoxide dismutase, the critical enzyme that blocks the aging process. Chaga is good for your heart and even helps support healthy arteries. Wild birch extract is the top source of betulin, a natural sterile needed by every cell of the body. And healthy cells mean a healthy body and a more powerful you. No wonder it's known as a king of all herbs. Experience real energy and power like you've never dreamed possible. Take Chago Charge Tea with Wild Birch Bark every day and Chaga Max capsules to get the energy you need. You deserve it. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 
GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, boils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, and not diminished by freezing, extreme heat, or years in storage. Dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit. Dermatol's soothing, rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective it's guaranteed order yours today call 800-217-6677 800-217-6677 that's 800-217-6677 efficient economical effective spray it all with dermatol america's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade we are the gcn radio network You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Back with Bob, Dr. McLevitis. We're talking about, just briefly, about technology and car interfaces and Mini Cooper and possibly the BMW people who build the Mini Cooper working out a deal with Apple to improve the interface, showing integration using apps. I was suggesting, since we're going to talk about technology, Apple TV. Apple licenses the hardware and the technology to the TV makers. So it is you buy your Samsung, you buy your Panasonic, you buy your LG with Apple TV. And remember, because Apple is controlling that licensing, Apple gets a check. Maybe they use Apple's hardware embedded within the TV so you don't have the little tiny box, little tiny breakout box, and you plug it in. Don't need that. Get all the features in everything, and it's part of your TV's remote control, because I don't think the Apple simplified remote control is that great anyway. What do you think? I'd like to see those features built in. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see the Apple TV expanded. I'd like to see some more programming available. Like I also have a Roku box, and it lets me watch, besides Netflix, which Apple TV does have, it's also got Hulu Plus and uh, Amazon.com Prime free streaming. So it's like you know, five or 8,000 additional movies and shows that I don't get on the Apple TV. I'd like to see them expand that programming to at least be on par with uh, some of these other set-top boxes. They're capable of updating the product. Yes. It's just licensing. Just making the deals, I guess. But I would sure like to see them carry Hulu. And apparently it's doable because Roku has a deal with Hulu. And Hulu is one of the few places you can see a lot of current, you know, primetime dramas and comedy TV shows first run. It's, I think, eight eight ninety five a month for Hulu Plus or nine ninety five a month. Haven't checked it, but that's a pretty good thing. That's a pretty good option. Now, I'll tell you what I do here. When I want to rent a movie, I look at DirecTV, which is what I use. Mm-hmm. And they have, have, of course, pay TV. You get, you know, a movie for four ninety nine or five ninety nine. Five ninety nine is like the equivalent of Blu-ray, high definition, super high definition. Then you have Apple TV. It's four ninety nine and three ninety nine, depending on the age. Then you have Netflix, where you pay a certain figure to stream the basic package, or you pay more and you can have up to one, two, three, four DVDs at a time. The problem with Netflix, which is killing them, it's got to be killing them in some way, is 
in order to get more movies to stream, they give the movie companies a 30-day window to sell the DVDs before you can rent one. So if I want to watch, you know, one of the current movies like Unknown with Liam Neeson or The Adjustment Bureau with, you know, I forget the actor who's in The Adjustment Bureau. You know what I'm talking about. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay, so Matt Damon in The Adjustment Bureau. And that's based on a Philip K. Dick science fiction story. I like that movie. Yes. But, yes. okay, so I can get it from Apple TV, from iTunes. For five bucks. Right. Five I can get it from DirecTV. But if I want to get it from Netflix, i got to wait 30 days. That's right. That makes sense, though. That's always been the way the entertainment product has flowed down. It's a tiered system. It's like Yes, but you see, this is different. It. Netflix used to get it the day of release. Now that's Netflix right. is down at the bottom of the barrel. But but so does uh, Blockbuster and Redbox. They don't get them any sooner either. That's true. But in terms so of renting like movies, the, Redbox, the, the, by the way, these are kiosks you see outside of convenience stores or something. And you pay, what, a dollar a night or something like that? Or yeah, you can buy the so. movie. Well, I'll tell you something, though. Uh, they've found, I believe, and they're probably right, that their, their total revenue is, is much greater if the first month... There are no discs because once you get the discs, everybody's renting it and burning copies and whatever. Uh, but if it's only sold through the pay-per-view retailers, that's all pure profit for a month before it gets out there in the wild. And then after that, the DVD will come out. And, you know, I think you're going to start to see stuff going to 60-day window. I think some stuff will be available as pay-per-view for 60 days before you see the disc. Or, of course, you buy the brand new DVD in your store. If it's even out, then. Anything to make profits. The key being, of course, what are you willing to pay for instant gratification? Well, and what does it cost you to, you know, it's, and the pricing is pretty interesting. It's like you've got Redbox, which is 99 cents a night or a dollar a night. You've got Blockbuster, if they're still around. Vaguely, was, Blockbuster was acquired by Echo Star, which owns Dish Network. Right. They're closing stores right and left. I don't know what kind of tie-in they're going to do. I think they're going to try to combine the program offerings with the Dish Network satellite TV service. We'll see what happens. But, or figure know, out what to do. But the, the, the point is the cost of renting a DVD is anywhere from 99 cents to, say, a couple, three, four bucks maybe. Because I don't know. That's what Blockbuster used to get, three ninety nine right. for new The way releases. it works with Netflix, of course, is you pay a flat fee per month and you can hold on to a fixed number of DVDs. Right, and that's the, that's the paradigm that I think is going to get hit the worst because they are now getting those discs 30 days later for these rentals, for the, for the uh, all-at-one price rentals. And, you know, I cut back on Netflix. I really have because now my wife says to me, let's watch a movie. Okay, well, we're on a budget like everybody else. We can pay four ninety nine or five ninety nine from DirecTV. We can pay three ninety nine or four ninety nine from Apple TV. Get it now. Or if you like the movie, of course, you know you buy it from Amazon or something. If you want to watch the movie over and over again, but most movies will of course rent. And if we rent, you know, one a week, big deal. You're not wasting a lot of money per month for it's very inexpensive entertainment. Certainly a lot less money than going to the multiplex, paying what oh, nine ninety five a ticket now, and then buying the popcorn for seven ninety five and the sodas $11. for four ninety five. $11. Everything's $11. It's $11. Now, you see how old I am. I can't remember this because I haven't been to a movie theater in the past year. 
I haven't been in a while, but I know that they're ridiculously expensive. And for me, the the quality of what I get on my Apple TV, if I rent a $4.99 HD movie, they look awesome. I'm very happy with the way that looks. I mean, that looks as good as less quality, slightly less quality than what they call 1080p Blu-ray. But you know what? If you're sitting there 10 feet away from your TV set, even a big flat screen TV, of course, the difference is negligible. And if you use the uh, if you use digital audio connection, you can have the five dot one surround sound, which is great. You know the experience is great for me for five bucks watching a movie on my Apple TV for five bucks, or I guess renting. I, you know what? It's funny. I don't think I, I've rented. I've got a movie from the cable company lately. Because Apple has the same stuff, and when I watch it on Apple TV, I get my 5.1 audio, I get the higher definition. Well, I don't know. It just seems to me 5 bucks is a pretty reasonable price for that experience, especially if there's more than one person watching the movie. Even and for just one person, it's sure. a bargain. The difference is that, as some pay TV services offer, the 1080p, the slightly higher resolution. If you don't care about that, and the difference is really slight, folks. You know, unless you have a really big one of those 65-inch screens, and if you can afford a 65-inch TV, you certainly can afford to pay a dollar extra, I always say. You, you probably own a movie theater, right? <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. But now we're in a day now that you can buy like a 55-inch Panasonic TV, high-definition 3D. If you go on Amazon, it's like $1,250. Yeah. Of course, I don't have $1,250 to waste, but if I did, it's a great idea. But well, the question you know, is, let's get to the real question here about the changes and the paradigm and everything for movies. Should Apple build the real Apple TV, which is the TV set? We know Bose does it. Bose got a TV set, a 46-inch TV set with a immersible sound system built into this TV for over $5,000. <laughs> I think three people buy it because it's got to be nuts. But should Apple build their own TV set? I... I- that's a tough one because Apple tends uh, not to want to build a commodity item. You know, they don't build printers. They don't build cameras, except they build them in. But, you know, they and don't want to. more people use the cameras they, they build in. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think they want to be playing in that commodity business. But that being said, I think if Apple controlled the electronics inside TVs, they could do some really great things um, that I think a lot of people would find appealing and, and would make that. Like, just like a Macintosh, you know, you pay a little more for a Mac, but you're okay with that because you think it's a good quality product. I'll tell you what, this is a good quality product we're going to talk about right now. And you're going to hear about it on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. We'll be back with Bob Dr. Maclevitis. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. varadio.com is a website of iFreedom Direct Corporation, a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 888-900-VA-LOAN. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Company NMLS number 3122 and Lewis NMLS number 157603. Local Army-Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military issue supplies. They're right here online at MainMilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, Military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits, magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches, first aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bale, and a huge molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Way protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Way is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Way comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. 
we have for the final segment of the show, Bob, Dr. Mac. By the way, that was one of your worst transitions ever, getting out to that last break. Oh, it was a hard one because I had to stop you. <laughs> Part of the problem, of course, with commercial radio is you got to stop the guests sometimes and not always in the most pleasant way. But you know what? Because of post-production, you may hear a totally different ending. The miracle of modern post. The miracle of modern take two. He said, I'll fix it in the mix. That's right. Or I'll mix it in the fix. Have you ever had your mix fixed? You know how Mr. No. Anyway, seriously speaking. Okay, so or Apple could, as I suggested, license Apple TV technology to the TV makers and maybe expand that into providing a fully unique Apple immersible created TV interface with apps and everything. So the TV makers don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all controlled by Apple. And you pay slightly more for the TV set. But that also creates a larger ecosystem for apps because you can download the apps on your Apple TV or your TV set with Apple TV. So Apple makes money that way. Apple makes money because they're pushing more product for you to download from iTunes. They make money because they create a wider halo effect and they don't have to get into the nuts and bolts of building commodity TVs. They're only concerned with the front end, the user interface. Well, it would be nice if Apple got into a licensing business like that. But I, I do have to caution that the last time they licensed something. Well, yeah, but that the was for their bread and butter product. This is not a bread and butter product. It is something that makes at best a small amount of money for them. And at best, this is a way for them to get more of the action in the living room, providing better integration with any TV with this technology and your iPhone, your iPad, and your Mac. Does that make sense? Yes. Will it happen? Hard no. to say. Wait, I have one of those magic eight balls. Let me go shake it. <laughs> the future happen. is unclear. Yes, I can see it now. <laughs> I think we're doing the PowerCast. This is our paranormal radio show. And we're now going to foresee what Apple's going to do. There's a rumor now, Bob Levitas, that Lion, Mac OS X Lion 10.7, will land July 6th. How do I know this? Really? I don't. This is what I read. Now, I talked to Dan Frakes, who doesn't want to tell me what's going on with Lion, except to say, well, we don't think it's ready yet. But then you don't know what Apple's busy bees are doing. And frankly speaking, you know, because it's a downloadable release, Apple could declare Sunday. Apple's employees are working hard. Sunday, July 3rd, Monday, July 4th, they're still working just like the U.S. Senate is, we expect, over the debt limit. They're working, Apple's employees, the developers, and they say, Sunday night, 10 o'clock, we approve the GM, go for release. Two, three days later, it's available online. The next day, it's available online because that's the beauty of online distribution. No waiting. Correct. Well, no waiting, assuming you have a fast internet connection. If you have well, a if you have dial-up, you wait you two weeks, but you, know, you wait two weeks, you reconnect to 50 times, but you get a copy. Maybe. <laughs> but you know what I mean. The point being that Apple buys themselves probably two, three weeks this way in online-only distribution. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It takes at least two or three weeks for them to uh, master and you know, ship and get it into the channel. Yeah, like four weeks probably from the time they freeze the code. I bet now from the time they freeze the code to the time you can buy it could be three or four days. Or three or, or four hours. Day. Yeah, a yeah. day. Well, Apple likes to release things Tuesdays and Wednesdays. 
So Tuesday, July 5th is bad because it's the day after July 4th and people are just getting back to work. They're just recovering from their fireworks and all that stuff. But July 6th, you know, they're back, they're comfortable, and it gives Apple the chance to release new hardware that month. Because right now there are rumors of a MacBook Air refresh, rumors of a Mac Pro, rumors of a Mac Mini, maybe even the basic white MacBook gets updated. The key being, of course, Apple is going to be stupid to sell those things with the old operating system. They want to build those. Lion is already there. So the best way to do it is get Lion out as early as possible so you can push all those products and then maybe it'll be a Lion 10.0.01 or something to fix all the initial bugs. It's all speculation. We don't know. What do you think? Yep. I have no idea. I have no idea. I I will say uh, I think I'm going to like Lion. Okay. All all the indications are that, you know, it's going to be... Everything I love about Mac OS X and more. So, Can you handle the infusion of iOS features, look and feel, and that kind of thing? I'm sorry, you cut out. What would you say? Can you handle the infusion of iOS look, feel, features, etc.? Gestures. Within reason, yes. Um, and... You know, again, I think slowly but surely we are defining uh, new interface paradigms and new ways of interacting with the hardware that weren't possible in the past. You know, we didn't have good enough trackpads. We didn't have touch screens. All the things that are happening now seem to be uh, an outgrowth of the, the new technologies. And, and I think what's nice is a lot of this stuff is optional like gestures. You don't have to adopt gestures. If you're a keyboard and mouse shortcut kind of guy, hand you raised. Don't have, you don't need to use gestures. But if you're a gestury person, uh, you can do a lot of things with gestures that would require a couple of clicks or a couple of click and drags. Or Notice whatever. here, ladies and gentlemen, that Bob Dr. McLevitis has invented a new word. A gesture what? Gesturely? What? Gesturely? Is that the word you use? Yes, gesturely. Is that a word? No. Okay. I made it up. You were absolutely correct. But, you know, if you're the kind of person that likes gestures, you're a gesturely person. Instead of being a gentleman, you're a, a gesturely. Person, a person of gesture. It's like a person, person of leisure, a man of gesture. If you I'll give you a, a woman, gesture in a minute. <laughs> don't, I, don't like, I don't like that gesture. <laughs> Oh, if I repeat this again, my wife will give me a gesture just to say, stop it. You know, cut that out. Seriously speaking, we're all looking forward to Lion and saying lots of things about it. I think you'll find, though, Apple has been very, very descriptive about the features and about what it does. So once it lands, you know, you're not going to be surprised. It's there. Everything is out there. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Apple has really done a good job of setting expectations. If you go to the Apple website and read about Lion, I think you, you will have a very good idea of what the new stuff is and why it might be useful for you. And, you know, uh, I, I think Apple's been uh, – if you go look, I don't think – I mean, I don't know for sure, but it, it looks like they've pretty much given – everything away they've already said what all the features are over 300 new features and there's a list of them somewhere 
or maybe it was 200. It's 250, but someone counted 254. And some of the features are questionable. It's like taking one major feature with a few sub-features, and each sub-feature gets a feature name. You know, it's kind of like what they did with Snow Leopard, where it didn't have any new features, but there were 100 enhancements. Or pixels. (laughs) Right. Well, it's 254 pixels, folks. No new features, just a bunch of pixels. You download four gigabytes of pixels. Or uh, watts, watts for your stereo system. That's a that's a, a real accurate measure. Watt? Watt? How many watts is your stereo system? It depends know. how you measure it. Well, uh, we didn't crazy. get a chance to talk about it, but I'm having lots of fun. I bought all this uh, lighting and, and green screen equipment. I am doing video. I'm trying to put together a Dr. Mac TV show. Or and you're going to use Final Cut Pro 10? Maybe. Okay. We look forward to it. Like I said, I haven't tried it yet. I'll tell you what. Why don't you tell everybody listening to the Tech Night Out Live where to find more of the things you do and check out what you have coming. BobLevitas.com is where to go for news and info, or you can follow me on Twitter where I rarely tweet, at Levitas, L-E-V-I-T-U-S. Read me in the Houston Chronicle. Listen to me occasionally on the Tech Night Out Live. And by the way, we're Tech Night Out at Twitter. That's where you find us. TechNightHowl.com is my blog. And we have that other show about UFOs and things yeah. that go bump in the night. Landing in New York this weekend, the Paracast at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Bob, Dr. McLevitis, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, Mr. Steinberg. Thanks for having me. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.